Alternative Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. So this afternoon saw the launch of the Defender Democracy campaign and this campaign aims to bring together a cross-section of representatives from various sectors to develop a program of action in defense of our democracy and constitution. And to talk to us about this is the founding member of that campaign and joining me on the line at the moment is Reverend Frank Chigani. Dr. Chigani, a very good evening to you. Uh, good evening and good evening to your listeners. Thank you so much. And yeah. um, this whole campaign is about, you know, defending our democracy and constitution. What are we defending uh, our constitution and democracy against or who are we defending our democracy and constitution against? You know, it would need lots of history, but... Uh, Uh, Lots of people will know this history. The fact is that our country has not been healthy. We stood very well in 94, Mm. and we're climbing in our graphs as we grew and tried to solve the problems, adopted a new constitution, and apartheid. And now we're dealing with the the economic challenges that has that the legacy of apartheid has left us with. But in the last few years, we have had an intensification of a completely new um, phenomenon and experience mm. where people in, in privileged positions within the state and government spend time looting the state together with not state actors and rob the poor of their resources which they need so much to better their lives and now we are at a junk state and so the country then said no we must set up mechanisms to end this so the last two three years it's commission after another commission and Mm. the country has seen how rotten the country has become and so when we get closer to people being made to account, mm. we then get a fight back, you know, um, campaign. But this campaign, if it's just a political fight back, it's a different matter. Mm-hmm. But it has reached a stage where it, it goes to defiance of the law and the constitution. And the day uh, the former former president defied the constitutional court order, that was the first signal that tells us, that told the people of South Africa, you are now having people acting outside the law, outside the constitution, Mm -hmm. and that will destabilize the country. Mm. Um, and it's worse if you've got militia groups. And so I am accused or I have been ordered by a court and I organize armed group here to come and stop law enforcement agencies from um, executing their responsibilities. That is what has triggered uh, this, this campaign. The campaign is very simple. 
We don't want lawlessness in this country. Nobody is above the law. In an apartheid system, there are people who are above the law. The law applied to some people and not others. In a dictatorship, you've got the same. Um, You have Bush justice, basically. Mm -hmm. So those who have influence can't go to jail. But little people who still have an orange go to jail. Mm. And that's what we fought against, against apartheid. And this is what people are saying. We must stop. And this campaign started just now, within the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I'm amazed about how many we reached out to as many leaders in this country as possible by the weekend where we had reached 7,000 leaders. And we're talking leaders. We have not gone to the masses yet. Just leaders in different sectors, communities, professions, um, who are saying, this is what we've been waiting for. We did not know what to do about this. But we must stop the rot in this country and Mm -hmm. people. And the last thing I want to say is that people who are found to have um, are accused of misdemeanors or criminal activities must not bring the country down with us because there are people who don't want to go to jail mm. and therefore want to bring the whole country on top of us. By the way, in a messy country where things don't work, people become billionaires because that's what mm. makes them to make money at the expense of the masses of the people. So mm-hmm. that's the, what the campaign is. It has mobilized leaders, and those leaders are going to work with their constituencies. And these leaders are not party political leaders. They are leaders of the people of South Africa. We have made a special call to parliament because they, have, they, represent, they are the representatives of the people mm-hmm. to say you can't have this breakdown in the law and violation of the Constitution um, and do nothing about it. Uh, So that's the call. And Mm -hmm. this is not party political. It is about the the people of South Africa. Can I just say, I mean, the, the, the statement I made yesterday as we consulted is that the people of South Africa are the last defense against this rot and people who steal money to buy their way into power so that they continue with the rot. We're saying if parties fail, if parliament fails, the people are the last line. And this is what Mm. the people are doing. Yeah. What I'd like us to discuss after the break in Datechikane is the fact that some of, of those who fought for this freedom and who, who fought for the establishment of, of, of this democracy and this constitution are the ones today who are, are, are defying, who are, who are basically, you know, one can say mm. pissing on it. Um, this is something that we, I'd like us to discuss in order to to gain an understanding um, in terms of why this is happening. And I'm also going to open our lines as well to our listeners who want to um, get into this conversation as well. So we'll do that after the break. Please stay with us. Here, there. 
and everywhere. SAFM 106.1 FM in Durban North. The Viewpoint on SAFM. All right, uh, this is the viewpoint on SAFM. Nomsam Zuli standing in for Songezo Mapekwe today. And uh, still joining us is uh, Reverend Frank Chikani, who's, uh, amongst other things, a founding member of Defend Our Democracy campaign. And he's explained that this campaign aims to bring together a cross-section of representatives from different sectors. And it's apolitical in order to defend our democracy and constitution. He joins us now on the line. Reverend Chikane, before you answer the question that I, I, I asked you yeah. um, earlier, I, I actually just want to acknowledge our, our callers um, because uh, we've got a couple of people who've called in. Anonymous from KZN, good evening. Good evening to you, Nam Sanzuli and uh, Reverend Chikane. Uh, I just want to say a lovely show. And um, uh, it's just another, uh, and I want to say um, that, you know what, the only way I want to ask Reverend a question how are we going to change uh, society who uh, who are racist towards one another? Sometimes people of their own class, sometimes people of their own race. How do we change it? We need to change it because the reason I can give you answers and I can tell you how to change it, but the thing is, it's not um, it's not working. I've many times said on the radio station, Namsa, you work with a variety and a various cultures with various cultures as a reporter you mix with different sorts of people mm. the church and and people in the church mix with d- different sorts of people but only in uh, political uh, arenas we we have same culture if you are the head of the department your secretary is the same uh, same culture as you or same race as you and then the lower one is the same race as you. And then you have your families and friends. You don't want to mix. You don't want to blend. You don't want to put other race groups for reasons you know best. Thank you. Thank you, Anonymous. Let's just go to Vuiswa and then, um, Reverend, you can uh, react to both of, of the points that have been made. Vuiswa from Parktown, good evening. Hello, hello, Namsam. How are you? I'm well and you, ma'am. Good, thanks. How are you, Dr. Chikane? Uh, I'm okay now. Are you, ma'am? I'm 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 not good. You know, I, I have a problem because I'm one of the kids that landed up in Mazimbu at a very tender age at Somafco, and I, I had to complete my primary because I lost my parents to the struggle and my grandparents, almost 16 members of the family. So I had to grow up in exile. But I don't remember under those trees in Angola and in Cuba, Soviet Union, when we were taught of a democracy because for me this was a, something that was hijacked even the leaders themselves don't understand what democracy is because at the end of the day you you can't take people on a journey and teach them about freedom that we one day will go back home will be independent will have freedom which right now I'm, I'm actually in, in, a, in a situation of wanting after coming back from exile, the U.S. and the U.K., where I started, and uh, I, I, I'm not I'm not finding really what uh, we spent all those time learning politics, socialism, and what you have your military training and all those things. Democrats was something that if Chikani can be honest with me and others and himself. We were never taken in that route of democracy. This is why things are going wrong, because 
we don't even our leaders don't understand what democracy and i will end up with utatu or what you used to teach me when i was growing up in london even shortly before came back home i was starting my university studies he used to tell us that when you get home if you don't do APCT, X, Y, Z, this is what is going to happen, and this is exactly what is happening. And he used to say, leaders must be the last ones to benefit. But we see an opposite of that. Mm. That's my problem. Dr. Chikane, we had Anonymous talking about, um, you know, social cohesion and, 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 and race and also Vuisa raising a very important point that it seems like what our leaders fought for, they don't understand themselves. Yeah, now let me try because, I mean, it's a complex questions they have asked. Mm. Let me, let me ma'am, start from where you started. Mm. The point is, why are people who were themselves the one who fought for this democracy? That was the question you were asking. Yes. Why are, uh, is it them who are involved in this? You know, when we started... Uh, those who were in the liberation struggle used to say, you know, it's young people who joined us, you know, after 1991 and into 94, uh, who are really ungovernable, but we are okay. And then you realize, no, actually the people who lead this corrupt project are themselves the old guard. And the question is why? And we, I've thought about it, and I wrote about it in Eight Days in September, a mm. book that I published, that most people were just angry about apartheid, never applied themselves in, in, in terms of issues of justice, uh, constitutionalism, like what our sister is saying. Mm. They were not taught about democracy. They were taught about becoming soldiers, socialism, etc. But in fact, to have an open society where people have equal rights, um, they missed it somewhere else. My view is not everybody who came into the struggle was about justice. Not everybody who fought the apartheid system, in fact, meant well. Mm. Some of them just wanted power to be like the oppressor. That's all. Some just wanted to make money, and apartheid was not allowing them to make money. And so we get surprised when we are in government that these people don't behave like the angels we thought. They were liberators. And I think our sister from um, Mazimbu, I, I was there visiting there. Maybe she had left already during those days. Um, I mean, she's telling the truth. And so we are confronted with a, an elephant in the house, which is our own comrades, people who are in the trenches with us, who are behaving in a way that robs the very people they said they were, they were, they were liberating. And that's really where we are. And that's why it must stop. And, and this campaign is mobilizing people to say no, even to these comrades who said they were fighting for our freedom, when in fact they want to rob the people of their resources and reach themselves, buy cars, so many cars, of so much expensive cars, 
without space where they can put those cars. I mean, it's, it's crazy. You can't do that with poor people. Mm. Now, the issue about cohesion and racism and ethnic, uh, you know, differentiation, it's a reality. But, you know, it is possible. I, 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 I was in charge of the presidency uh, for about 12 years or something like that. And, and we made sure that the presidency reflected the people of South Africa. And, and you didn't have a situation where if somebody is a particular person, maybe like me who comes from, the parents came from Pumalanga, you find that the office is filled with Pumalanga people there. Mm. We made sure we get quality people skills and the language group, ethnic, tribal, did not matter. What mattered was who can serve best in that office of the president. Mm. And indeed, we considered uh, people who were in need, but they needed to have a skill. And if they didn't have a skill, go and train them to get a skill to work there. And, 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 and it's a sickness. If you go to a minister's office, you'll find most of the staff come from their village. And, and that shouldn't happen in a democracy. Indeed, you are influenced by people you know. But we sat there in the office and advertised posts, looked for the best um, in that office. And you can go back during those days. And you realize that office was quite unique in that mm-hmm. respect. Mm-hmm. So we can do it. It is doable. You just have to say to your your friends that you can't come here because you are a friend. Mm-hmm. You come here because you qualify to do the job. Dadichikan, we've got more um, callers. Dadichikan, I see you. But we'll first start with Sam in Santon. Sam, thank you so much for, for holding on. Yes. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, let me first react to the Reverend Chikani. Mm-hmm. I'll come to my point just now. Okay. Now the Reverend must do the, the next thing is to go to the South African Council of Churches. The churches have been, have been identifying themselves with the ANC since 1994. That is the position of the South African Council of Churches, of which my church is a member, a Catholic church. The church should now stand up and tell the people from the pulpit what is going on in the country and stop voting the way they are voting like a a sheep. That's where the Reverend Chikani should start, with his colleagues in the SACC. Mm. I'm just reacting to that. Okay. Number two, I want to react to just a quick one. To Aubrey, the, the other, what said yeah. about uh, the others are, are better treated in this country. We are not equal. I so agree with 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 Aubrey. You know, the three stations. We only have three stations, and there's supposed to be other more stations. The entire television stations are all on one topic, as if now we must just be listening to showing see one topic on television 403 404 405 my goodness <laughs> this is so unfair and this mm-hmm. happens with even with 
things like funerals, my God. Yeah. This is a diverse country. This is so wrong. Mm. And it's so oppressive. Sam, That's I can, all I've got to say. I've I can hear the passion say. in your I'll eyes. Say. Just to remind our listeners what we're talking about, this campaign, Defend Our Democracy. So if you have any input in terms of what do you think is threatening our democracy and our constitution? Just any input that you'd like to, to, to talk about or any questions for the Reverend Friend Chigani, please do call us. That's what we're talking about this evening. And uh, we've got another call on Dadengonde from P.E. Norm Samzul. Molo Dad. Yeah, the news reader. Yes. The and winner in the news reader. Anyway, um, Norm Sam. I'll try and be very brief. First of all, um, I am visually impaired, but that happened after I marveled his book, right? Mm-hmm. Eight days in September. Mm-hmm. That time I was fully sighted, right? Anyway, this is the way I see South Africa, right? My country. First of all, we can't afford to have this, what I call paternalistic benevolence, right? You've got a guy, for example, up in Uganda, saying that my children, my grandchildren, nonsense, right? Also, I see only two values that would be working for us. In fact, these two values um, are prevalent in the performing countries, your Singapore, your Hong Kong, whatever. And that is rule of law, which you don't have. Number two, meritocracy, which you don't have, right? And... Even if the SACC were not to support the ANC. But the problem, Nomsa, is endemic, right? Mm. It's a pity that this topic is brought. I want the Reverend to comment. For example, in the students' riots, or not riots, um, protest, which where somebody killed, whatever, and you cried when you were speaking to Stephen Rogers, I was listening to you. You know, Nomsa, I can share something with you. With you. In 1995, during the first tenure of Smooth Stopengu, there was what is called a hundred report, followed by provisioning in 95, provisioning and financing higher education, right? So this thing has been there, but there's been no political will. I tell you why there's no political will. It's a false start if we're going to be having an economic policy, right, that drives that political power that we have. As long as NOMSA has a neoliberal policy, I spoke to Zimavavi about this long time ago, there's not one single country in the whole wide world that has got a neoliberal policy to extricate itself from poverty and solve its endemic problems. NOMSA, I'm so, I mean, really animated. I listen on the radio. Thank you so much. Let's go to Mohammed in Newlands East, and then we're going to take Maduna from Tata, and then Ndata Chikane will just uh, round up this uh, conversation. Okay, Mohammed is gone. Maduna from Mtata? Uh, good evening, Namsa. Uh, good, good evening to Maruti Chikane. Namsa, I'm a firm believer in the principle that the two wrongs do not make a right. Hmm. And by so doing, I do not believe that uh, by piling another problem into a problem, it's going to solve matters. What is the problem? The problem, as far as I can see, it's organizational. Because why? What 
and that and them seeks to address, it emanates from a particular organization. How does that manifest itself? I have been initiated into the Africanist uh, organization, the PAC to be exact. That initiation, before I joined, I was taught that uh, I will only be allowed to join if I am going to swear to an oath of allegiance, which is going to control me for as long as I'm a member of that organization. Now, assume, Nomsa, I were to ascend into higher office, I was going to be bound by an oath of office. Mm. So what this campaign seeks to address is a breakdown in an organization, and therefore we are made to believe that uh, it is a societal problem. Now, my humble view would be that they would rather expend their energies if they uh, convince the organization concerned that ANC deal with your wayward members. Don't make your problems South Africa's problems. Otherwise, the people will have to vote you out of out of power. That is my humble submission. I'm sorry. Good night. Thank you so much for that call. Ndatichikan, um, yes. the caller made a very important point here. What we are discussing and, and the threats to our democracy, he's saying that it's more of an organizational problem, which is now made a South African problem. Do you agree with him on that point? No, no ma'am. I know there's an organizational problem, mm. but I don't agree that the problem of the problem is an it's the problem of that organization. Mm. The problem of the corrupt lot affects all of us in South Africa. Uh, there's Advocate Mujanku who spoke at the press conference today and said, I'm not a member of the ANC, but I actually, I've seen the wrongs going, but I thought it will be fixed, but now it's affecting me, but I'm not a member. So if there's a problem in the ANC, because it is a governing party, it affects everybody. I agree and with therefore, that. And therefore, this, this campaign we are starting goes beyond a party because the problem is no more a problem of a party. It's a problem of people who are looting the state, who, who use the money to find their way into power to continue governing us for their own interests rather than the interests of the people. That's really the issue. And so we are planning together with the masses. I'm now talking about, you know, we had 330, 70 people yesterday, leaders on the the virtual call. Mm. And so that's what we are doing. It's not reducing it to an organization and say, go and tell that organization it's not going to solve the problem. Let me come to the issue of the SACC, because one of the callers talked about it. Mm-hmm. I think that the Obuilenka SACC has not been following events. I was with the SACC during the apartheid days. We challenged the apartheid days. Indeed, because the liberation movements were fighting for justice, we had to work with them. And, 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 and where they were wrong, we were able to say they were wrong. When bombs exploded in wimpy bombs, 
I went with church leaders to, to Harare to go and say, you can't do this, it's wrong. And so we are not, uh, churches don't support political parties because they belong, members belong to different parties. Even now, if Ntate was following, the SACC would know. We went to Litula House to go and say to them, if you don't change, we're going to declare this government morally illegitimate. I think people have missed all that. So it doesn't matter who's in power, who the party is. If they go wrong, the churches will take a stand. As you know, the SACC has taken a stand on this matter we are talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't think that that should be the issue. The issue is, can we as South Africans work together across the board? I mean, the people I saw yesterday, it's across the board, labor, business, uh, professional organizations, the legal, the religious, and among the religious across the faiths, where people were standing together and saying, we are all South Africans, we're not going to allow this country uh, to become a failed state, and we deal with failed states on the continent and elsewhere. Once it fails, it takes ages to can fix it. We can't afford that. Mm. And that's why we have taken a stand yesterday, and today we announced it. And we're going to mobilize the people of South Africa to say no to politicians who are exploiting the people, stealing their money, and enriching themselves. That's okay. what we are about. We want and to turn this, the, the, the brother who talked about neoliberalism and all that. Mm. It's something to discuss another day. For another day. But, but you know, ma'am, you know, ma'am, let me say, mm. the first 10 years or so when I was in government, there were still people who were corrupt, but we made sure that most of the resources go to the people. And, and the projects, we restructured the apartheid system, we restructured the public service, we did all sorts of things. And by 2008, the economy was growing at 5.6%. Mm. If you, you would go into that history. We were challenged, of course, that the economy was growing without creating jobs. So we had to deal with that issue. But then came the intervention where the political leaders get into power and serve their own self, family, friends, factions, and not the people of South Africa. And that's what has gone wrong, Mm. uh, which needs to be stopped. And so I can say that, I mean, we're calling on the people of South Africa. It's the time we have been spectators. Mm. We can't afford, we have had a very difficult 12 years. We can't afford another five years of the same. We must change it. Absolutely. I wish we had more time. And I see, you know, a lot of uh, our listeners wanted to speak to you as well. But Ndati Chikani, thank you so much for telling us more about uh, this uh, campaign and uh, how people can get involved as well. Have a great evening. Thank you very much, ma'am. Thank you. Have a great evening. That's uh, Reverend French Ikani. And thank you for all your calls. It's, I know it's, it's an issue that's very close to, to our hearts, and we really have a lot to say about that. But unfortunately, we've run out of time, so we are going to move on to...
to our next topic and uh, we're going to be talking about the National Institute for the Humanities and Social Sciences and they will hold um, their sixth annual HSS Book Creative Collection and Digital Contribution Awards. So we'll find out more about that after the break.